Hello, this is Richard C. Wilson at the Family Office Club, and we're here with Angela today from Third and we're going to do an investor mandate interview. Welcome, Angela. Thanks so much for having me. Um, so I'm sure many people could assume from the name that you're either an angel investor or you run an angel investor fund or an angel investor club or all of the above. Can you share a little bit about you know what type of an investor you are? Yeah, so I personally have been investing for about 12 years now, um, but I started seven years ago. We are 80 investors, mainly based in New York City, and we do seed investments. That's roughly $150,000, $200,000 investments. And we look at um, digital health, future of work, logistics tech, and ad tech primarily. Okay. And lots of times I think people know they should go to a website and look at your criteria and a submission form. Uh, what's the real secret sauce to getting your attention though? It really is, as I'm sure a lot of you know, a network-based um, ecosystem. And so just to give you a sense, we look at 2,500 companies a year. About two-thirds of those are not referred in. Okay. But if you look at our 65 portfolio companies, uh, 50 were ones that somebody referred to us. So get an introduction when you can. That's true for everybody, but certainly for us as well. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And what about geographical? I know where you're based, but in terms of, you know, would you consider a company in Singapore or Florida or San Diego, or are you really investing in local companies that are in the Northeast region? We will invest in any U.S.-based company. That said, we are much better able to support companies who are based in the New York area just with our network, but we will, and we, our portfolio is about two-thirds New York, one-third U.S., not New York. Okay. And in terms of uh, equity investments versus a convertible note or a safe note, uh, how are you structuring a lot of your deals? We are completely neutral between convertible note or priced equity. Right now we're seeing about 60% convertible notes, 30% priced equity, 10% safe. We will okay. do safes, but there needs to be a cap on it and a discount on it. But I always tell founders know that a lot of New York investors hate safes, so it'll make your fundraising more difficult. <laughs> Great. Okay. And in terms of, um, you know, how your angel investor club operates and what you've learned over time, um, valuation is something that a lot of people who are not in your position and don't see so many deals and haven't negotiated 67 deals or whatever that, that number was, have a real hard time with figuring out valuation with early stage companies because everyone has amazing projections and discounted cash flows. No one has a bad model or a model that shows, hey, for a year and a half, we went flat because we lost our two-star salespeople. Um, how do you deal with that internally and just get comfortable with kind of a sleep at night valuation uh, on something that's relatively new or, or seed stage? One, so I feel like people like to do math around valuations. So the math-based right. answer is dilution. That's the easiest one that everybody can do, which is, are they giving away between 50 and 20, 15 and 25% of their company? If they're not, there's something wrong with either how much they're raising, they're not raising enough maybe to get to their next round, or their valuation's too high. So that's an easy math-based answer. The more qualitative answer is, unfortunately, this is like one of those apprenticeship-based businesses where you do have to see maybe 50 deals before you sign a check. And you do start to develop that gut very quickly to say, okay, this valuation is bonkers, whereas this one feels very fair. And right. I don't know a way to shortcut that gut. Yeah, yeah, I don't either. I don't either. I think I know that um, sometimes as an angel investor or a private investor, you can get access to a deal. And because of the strategic value that, that your group or you could provide to it, you're getting a better valuation than other investors or better than usual because it's not just money you're bringing to the table. I know that can always help, 
Uh, but I think that those equations are always tough, but I appreciate you bringing up what the ballpark numbers are yeah. because most people usually uh, describe it in different ways and don't, don't mention, you know, at the seed stage, giving up that 15 to 20 or 15 to 25. So I think that'll be helpful to people listening. Um, you, know, you mentioned many types of deals you're looking for. What do you really want more than everything else? Like when you talk to the other angels and say, man, I really like that deal we did 18 months ago. How come we can never find more ad tech companies that look like that or more yeah. certain types of companies? So a space that we really like right now is logistics tech. And so that's certainly a space that we're looking a lot in. And mm-hmm. But I also just want to double click a little bit on digital health because I think a lot of people invest in health tech. But in right. terms of what sets health tech companies apart for us, it's that someone who truly understands, especially in the U.S., that they truly have empathy for every single part of the ecosystem. So you understand how a physician thinks versus a nurse practitioner thinks versus a patient versus the caregiver versus the insurance company mm-hmm. and founders who are able to really clearly articulate, here's our value prop to every single one of those players. We will take that meeting, you know, 10 times out of 10. Okay, great. Good to know. All right. Uh, and if there's an investor listening here, could be a private investor. could be someone who runs, runs an angel investor club or an angel investor club member, but what is a $100,000 piece of advice you could provide to them? Something that you wish you knew 15 years ago before you did your first deal or 20 years ago before you did your first deal? Yeah. So my biggest one is to stop saying maybe and to stop saying you're too early. I think that investors, doesn't matter. Like I've heard 15,000 pitches at this point. I still hate saying no, it sucks, right? It's somebody's dream and you're crushing their hopes. And so investors hate saying no. And so we say maybe, and we say it's too early really often. And I think that that's both a bad thing to do in terms of like not being straight with people, but even more so it's actually bad business. And the reason why is because our best referrals come from our portfolio companies and um, you know, two of our seven exits that have done really well for us, they came from portfolio companies that we actually said no to quickly and kindly. So hmm. say no more often than you want to. I think it's the right thing to do for the founder, but it's also the smart thing to do for you because you get known as a candid investor who will take the time to give you a direct response and that helps you get better deal flow and a build your reputation in the ecosystem. Sure. Great. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. And um, Angela, what's the best way for someone to get in touch with you? Is it via LinkedIn, phone, email? Is it just through the website? You just get pounded 500 times a day and that's the yeah. best. Um, so yeah, if you just go to com, A, we have a ton of resources. We have a glossary. We have blogs you should be reading. Um, we have a bunch of resources for female founders. Um, we also have an investment bootcamp to learn how to be an angel investor. And finally, for founders, we have a very easy way to apply to get in front of us. And that is the best way. com. All right. Great. Well, thanks for joining us here today. We're happy to have you on one of our uh, investor discussion panels that we're doing each week coming up here over the next few months. Uh, I appreciate your time and sharing your investor mandate with us here. Thank you so much and stay safe. Take care. You too.